Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we're talking to a man with an IT background, a data-driven guy, if you, you know, science numbers, all my favorite stuff, who is now in the agency world, helping companies use that data to really develop great content, develop a great marketing campaigns. Uh, our guest today is also a reformed pilot and a father of a three-year-old, so we know each other. <laughs> Scott Dubois, thanks a lot for being on the show and talking about Pedalia. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for having me, and great to be chatting with you this morning. Awesome. Yeah, and if you call me Ian, it's all right. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I will not do that, my friend. <laughs> thanks, Scott. So Scott's coming from Boston, where it's freezing cold, and it's it's only 56 here in Florida, so I'm, I'm sorry, Scott, but uh, I guess it's a good time to be doing some podcasting. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like a podcast on a morning when you snowed in. So Scott, tell me a little bit about your business and how you got to it. Absolutely. So I'm the co-founder of Pedalion. We're a digital agency and that means a lot of things to a lot of people. And the, the best way I can explain it, how we tell folks is we're right at the intersection of Madison Avenue and Silicon Valley. So it's, it's the integration of technology and marketing and advertising today. So what works in a 2017 world, we come at it from a geek first mentality. We are, you know, technologists by heart and we've expanded into the agency world. Both my co-founder and I come with that data and technology background. So what we're working with is is our clients and our clients tend to be the very large enterprise, the Fortune 1000s of the world. And it's an interesting play and we'll get more into how we work with these folks and how as a small agency of seven, you know, we end up working with these very large companies. But it's all technology driven and really using data to understand and react and, and be responsive to exactly what the marketplace needs. Interesting. And a data-driven approach is super critical this, these days. So tell me a little bit about like what data you're using because there's so much data out there. How do you decide what to use? Yeah, the short answer is it's different for every client. Okay, So if we're working, for instance, with financial services companies, we're actually using data from a few different sources. So it could be you know internal human resources. That could be things like figuring out you know annual income, if they're saving for retirement, where they are right now. We can append consumer data on top of that to make sure that we're driving trends and driving messaging. Data is more than just the data about the person, though, and I think that's an important concept to understand, 
right? It's overlaying the demographic on top of that so that you have your goal as a marketer, the funnel and, and the process you want to drive them through, and then you can actually speak to them and make the messaging work. So it's very much a two-layer process. It could be in the in the nonprofit space where you're doing fundraising and you want to understand past giving patterns based upon you know the overlay of things like political affiliation. You'd be surprised as we look out and we have in the nonprofit world essentially you know ten data points that we use as as triggers, uh, and and one of them happens to be if they're you know political party designation. Uh, so there are a lot of interesting you know basis where you can use to drive messaging and, and drive approach to reaching an audience. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about um, marketing to the situation and timing of marketing, um, it, you know, because we, we decide because of timing. How are you using data to decide the timing of the marketing, the timing of the content? Yep. So it'll happen in a few different ways. So first, it's you have your predefined funnel in, in a campaign, but then you'll use data to define timing based upon how the rest of the audience is moving. Right. So I'll give you the, the great example. Right. It, which is, you know, all the time today you see it in marketers. So you'll have a funnel where you have an essentially a drip campaign. Right. And you'll have your audience segmented. However, you'll have conversion goals. So that is to say, if within a certain segment, you have a response time faster than expected, then move up the next two closest audiences, right? So your data is actually being intelligent for you where if a message is working, you can react and react to how consumers are behaving. Conversely, if, if, if that conversion isn't working, throw an alert because you, something isn't working as planned. So that, 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 you know, edge can cut both ways, but you want to use the data to be reactive to what the marketplace is doing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and so you're using lifetime data as well. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, everything is out there in, in, in open source and the technologies, whether you're talking, you know, social integrations, that stuff is literally at your fingertips, whether you're talking about your email marketing, um, whether, whether you're walking about, you know, channel conversions and, and tracking through all of those things with the advent of technology and where we find ourselves today and, you know, in, in the world we live in, um, is it's, it's right at your fingertips as marketers, which is a real luxury. Of course, it, it also allows a lot for, you know, laziness as well. So you, you have to be really smart about how you use it, but uh, it, it's a great time to be a marketer because, you know, Ian, as you know, it's it's right at your fingertips. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's it's crazy how much is out there. And it's a bit overwhelming. Um, how do you prevent yourself from being overwhelmed by the possibilities? <laughs> <laughs> that I'll tell you, that's it's 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 a trap that that we will sometimes fall into because you know the possibilities are there. What you don't want to do is is get caught in the possibilities, right? So it, very easy, you'd, you'd fall into that data trap and, and what could happen. And oftentimes you need to take a step back and, and really think about it and understand, look, is this uh, enough of a driver or is it enough of an audience? So let's say as a marketer, you're looking at an audience and your audience is a segment of say 15,000 folks. Um, if you're looking at taking that and breaking that into 25 different at, at first level subset you know, 25 subsets out of 15,000, you're probably going way too far there. So uh, really approach it with your audience at mind first. And if you really keep it audience or, or target focused, that'll help you stay away from falling into that trap. Awesome. Yeah, it's so important because it, it like when you start going down that data rabbit hole, it's easy to go, I need it all and, and look at every data point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it helps before, like, you know, I was talking about use the data to be reactive in, instead of proactive, right? So that'll help you make the adjustment instead of using it at, at the outset and trying to predefine what you expect to happen. Right? Oh, that, yes, because uh, 
especially in the SEO world for me, you know, we do a lot of SEO, we do a lot of video, and people are like, well, what do you think is going to be the keywords? What do you think is going to happen here? I'm like, I don't want to guess even because then you you blind yourself to a, a huge possibility. That's right. And, and so much of it comes down to consumer behavior. And that's that's changing daily, right? But I mean, as, as marketers, we're going to see that trend on at least a quarterly basis. And so, you know, what's working in Facebook video today is different than what's going to be working in Facebook video three months from right now. And the trends we're talking about are really reactive and measured trends that happened six months ago because on the on the measurement side, while it's still at our fingertips, when you look at, you know, the ways, you know, we get into studies or what's happening in the marketplace, what we're finding oftentimes is where as marketers, we used to be reliant upon that. Sometimes the the best evidence is actually anecdotal evidence that we see in our practice. Um, so really, you know, it's an interesting spot that we find that in terms of, you know, measurement. So speaking of anecdotes, um, can you tell me a time when the data just didn't work the way you expected. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, let's put it this way: there are there are several. Right? Um, <laughs> it's happened and, more than once. <laughs> of of course, it had right, and that's that's the huge misnomer as marketers, right? Is that we're supposed to be expert, right, and and have everything you know 100 percent the first time, right? And I'd love to be able to say, yeah, every campaign at Pedalia we've launched has been 100 percent winner, and that's just not true of, of of any agency. It's all about how you react and make the adjustment, and that's where data. Let you let you do that, right? So, um, there there are a couple of examples. I'll I'll give you one uh, example, though. It happened to be in the insurance space, uh, and so we thought that we had a market read in terms of buying trends. Okay, and it was specifically around how people were doing uh, adoption of products. And so we, we had three particular products that we, we had locked locked down. But when it got to the trends of renters, those who actually rented uh, instead of owned homes, um, had the data measurement, had it locked down, thought we understood where the market was going. And in implementation, you're talking about almost flat, like iron, almost <laughs> flat in terms of delivery. Um, and this is for, for a great client of ours and, and continues to be a client, but it, that's a great example of where it was reactive. And so you can change approach very quickly, you know, in a 72 hour pivot, make, make adjustments and then use that to better the campaign, but also drive future trends. And it gets to, you know, like you're asking about anecdotal evidence that that's a great example of it, where data and where we thought past history was driving, but actual consumer behavior was something completely else, completely different. And what's great is that you are ready for it, right? You're, you're ready to pivot, you're nimble and, and you didn't say, oh, we made, you know, you didn't put all your eggs in that basket, right? Absolutely. And, and believe me, you're, you're never, you're, as you know, you're never ready for it. Your heart breaks and <laughs> you know, when, when that happens. But, um, but again, it's, it's about how you make that recovery, how you make the adjustment, and more importantly, what you learn, right? And how you can then apply that moving forward. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that we as marketers and, and business owners have to steal themselves against and is not putting an emotional investment in what you're doing. It's hard not to because you have your ego in there, but it, it to be the best marketer, to be like, oh, that didn't work. Let me fix it, right? Absolutely. And you, and you hit the nail on the head with the, with the ego component of it. You, you never like it. Um, but it, it's about what's, you know, best for your client in the marketplace. And that's the last, that's the last direction you'd ever want to come at it from. It, it's always about what's, you know, best for the client. So, we, we talk about when it didn't work. When's one of those times that, you know what, you thought it was going to work and it just, it, you, you blew the top off of it and you blew the doors off of it. 
Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky in that I've had that conversation in the last week. And so one of our clients in the nonprofit space, um, we, we establish goals, uh, both short term on a quarterly basis and then on an annualized basis. And, um, We've gotten to the point with them now where they're, they're rock solid. They've been a client for a little bit more than five years. And so, uh, we know audience, we know what they do. And we certainly think that we have started to understand, uh, giving patterns. And so we, we know where we are. We measure actually on a, on a weekly basis. Um, but in the last six months, we had seen things trending up and up and up. And we just closed what essentially is the fundraising year uh, for them. And uh, we came in at about just just under, I wish I could say the number, but almost 300% of goal. Um, and that was all because of honing data, both timing communications when they shouldn't go out, which has been a big change, right? We always talk about triggering communications and pushing them out. We've actually been making decisions about when not to oversaturate the audience and, uh, almost 300% of goals. So huge, huge lift for them. Wow. That, I mean, that's, I mean, 300%, you know, and, um, it's, it's interesting to me too, because, you know, we t- there, there's so many of these entrepreneurs and so many of these marketers that talk 10x and whatever, but a 300% that's an amazing thing, especially for a nonprofit, right? That, yeah, that's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. So, and, and, and again, almost three X. Let's 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 be accurate. It's like you know, it's you want to almost be there. So, uh, but yeah, almost almost three times goal and. Um, yeah, so it's it's a tremendous place to be as a you know as a nonprofit client of ours, but um you know they're they're uh, absolutely you know phenomenal um, group and uh, and what they do they, they do great work, so it makes it easy to work with them. That's yeah, and that's important too, like it, because at the end of the day, you have to talk about your true bottom line and yep. and helping people. You know, mission based nonprofits um, are you know just affecting your true bottom line. I think that's an important thing because at the end of the day, it makes it easier to to adjust it makes it easier to accept those failures doesn't it when you work with doing great things absolutely that's 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 it and you know we're lucky enough to really love the business of of all of our clients and um that's just kind of a tenant of us and you know we can get into the principles of, of doing business and in, in a little bit if you'd like but really you have to love and and really agree with the mission of your clients and it helps you do better work right anytime you're bought in you know the product's going to be better yes um, but you, you said something too that I want to touch on because it was two big things, but you also said about when not to, when not to email. Now, is it when not to ask or when not to, not, when not to push out content at all? Because when I, not, yeah, when not to push out content at all. Uh, and it's, and it's not just across, across email that happened to be a particular component that we've been focusing on in the last year for this client. Um, but it's when to just not communicate. I, I think one of the biggest, you know, issues we face as, as marketers is oversaturation because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's the easiest way, right? Just the shotgun it and do it as, as much as, and as fast as possible. Absolutely. And to fall into the trap, we were talking about data earlier, right? So because it's easy, because you think you have a refined message, you then assume it's okay and have permission and j- the, the refined message frequency still, still matters. And so it's easy to fall into that trap. Interesting. So let's talk, you know, let's, let's hone that down. What do you see now as the biggest trend when it comes to data or the the one thing that, you know, a business could easily act upon right now? Is it, and if it is when not to communicate, how do they decide that? 
Yeah. So I think how, how you communicate or when to communicate is one of those. But I think one of the, the biggest trends in data is actually bringing together multiple sources, right? So as marketers in the last few years, we've heard the term get out of the silo, right? So the email folks need to be tied in with the web folks, need to be tied in with the direct mail folks, need to be tied in with the social folks. So as marketers, we've been focused on getting out of silos. Well, the same thing needs to happen with data. Okay, so you need to take those different departments and actually mesh those together and get a good view and then maybe even overlay consumer data or trending data on top of that. And so in terms of trends, that's what we see happening. That's what we are executing for our clients. And I think that's where we're going to see probably the next 12 months go where, you know, as marketers, we've started to get out of silos. Well, now we need to let the data also get out of silos and, and come together and work. So if if I'm a you know a medium size you know five million ten million dollar company and you know that this seems a little overwhelming are there some simple ways that I could execute on that? Yeah, um, well I'm not I'm not sure about simple. I mean simple is is relative, um, but, <laughs> but 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 first and foremost, make sure that as you're talking about all these different data sources or as you're executing right. If you're in that you know small to mid company space, right, you're probably using you know the most common email tools out there, right? Whether it's you know Constant Contact, the Mailchimp's of the world on on the email side, you're probably using you know contact forms, you know, and WordPress as a hosting solution. But um, simple things like making sure you're establishing and maintaining unique IDs, you know, through the process so you can tie those funnels together, um, making sure that you, you're actually carrying them through and using some of the open source tools out there to, instead of letting those be one-off, actually tie them together and understand your prospect and then hopefully eventually customer journey. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, and then that's what it's all about, right? The journey that you're taking them on yeah, and the I, more you can understand about it. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and that's, you know, from a practice and that's something quite frankly that, that we're, that we're focusing on as an established agency, you know, for us in 2017, one of our, our big goals is we've, we understand why our clients work with us. We understand how a client is a good fit for us. But one of the things we're focused on is the actual onboarding process of when we, when we bring a new client on and how do we make that experience good? Forget the marketing that we do for them. How do we make that experience, how they interact with us? positive for them. So that's one of our internal focuses is, you know, and we actually see that as part of our marketing effort, right? You can talk about our social approach. You can talk about our email approach. You can talk about, you know, public speaking in terms of PR. But for us, the onboarding process, once you've actually closed the client, how do you make that warm and fuzzy become an instant thing? And so for us, that's a focus is the onboarding process in 2017. Yeah, we spent an authentic web. We spent um, all last year working on that. And it, because it is, it, it you, you work so hard for that lead and people forget that that that's your big moment to shine, right? Mm. It, it's you know it, even though you sold them, that doesn't mean people are completely indoctrinated into your way of thinking. Absolutely, um, yeah. So um, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that people can do out there is affect their onboarding. How do you see data affecting onboarding? And for those of you that don't understand onboarding, it's everything that happens after you sign on the dotted line. Right. And so it's, and for us, we look at it as days one through 90, you know, because there's the project initiation all the way through, you know, close to execution. Um, so how do you look at data for onboarding to improve it? Yeah. So that, that's a, a, a little bit. TBD, um, to be straight up with you, but I think that uh, certainly trends of 
like clients we use. So we, we tend to really focus on four verticals. Um, that's, that's a little bit of a blessing for us in our agency. So we can use past customer experience as part of that. And so what we're going to do is essentially be kidding them, um, in, into certain groups. And so it's not going to be a generic onboarding experience that we're, that we're, that we're using. But what we hope to do is essentially as we get into that, and for us, it's basically anywhere between, you know, four to six months from, you know, sign on the dotted line to having first deliverables happen. That just tends to be the, you know, kind of mm-hmm. campaign or, or work like, you know, work cycle of, of our clients. And so what we hope to do is eventually somewhere around 60 days in be able to start to tailor that toward the specific client, e- even outside of industry vertical. Interesting. Very cool. Um, and what are the four verticals you, you work in? Yeah. So for us, it's financial services, healthcare, insurance, and nonprofit. Gotcha. All right, those are four big ones. That's plenty of <laughs> that's plenty of work. Um, but it, yeah, I love the fact that you're spending that much time in onboarding. Are you doing any video in your onboarding process? We today we are not doing video in the onboarding process. That's that's on the horizon, right? Because that's the great way when you have clients that are you know disparate offices you know throughout the throughout the country. I mean, it's it's not uncommon where you're working with a large corporation and you're actually dealing with four different offices that are you know one in Los Angeles, one in Chicago, one in Boston, and one in New York, right? That's that's a common scenario. And so video, I think, because it's it's it just lends itself to being tailored to that specific group. And and oftentimes those locations are different functions, right? So it may be the IT group, right? That's in, you know, that's in LA and, and and it may be, you know, the, um, client relations or outreach arm that's in New York, um, how that onboarding process probably looks different. And the easiest way to do that is through video. So uh, on the horizon, and I think uh, we'll catch up in in 2018 and and I'll tell you how the video component of that worked. Awesome. Awesome. And and speaking of video and data, what I mean, what what are the video data trends you see out there? What are the ways that you're using video and the data from video to improve marketing? Yeah, well, there's certainly all the things and we can get into a whole separate podcast around the metadata of that and, and where that goes. But uh, I think that the trends that, that we tend to see is that while we heard for so long, keep keep the video 90 seconds or less, keep the video 90 seconds or less. Now it's becoming quality permission and then you can get long form in, in the content. And so uh, it's not uncommon to have video content that's out there that's now, you know, four and five minutes. And if you have the audience for it, uh, that's that's permissible and allowed. The flip side of that is that super short video also works, right? So I'll give you I'll give you a, a real world example of that is in the front in the fundraising world right when you're actually making an ask when you can integrate video and I'm talking you know eight second snippet on an ask page sometimes it's the most powerful thing out there and so super short form video at the right time can also work love it that's great 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 information <laughs> I'm gonna go do that right now. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So Scott, you know, with big data, how do you see, foresee small businesses, entrepreneurs now starting to take the big data, the data approach that you have and use at the enterprise level and start using it in their businesses? Yeah. So first of all, you have to make sure that the, the big data component of it works for a small business, right? Um, I I think that that term gets thrown around so often big data and so many definitions. And what does that mean? Um, 
instead I like to think about it as right data. Okay. And, and from a small business, uh, there, there's an approach that I take, which is horizontal database strategy. And it's something that I talk about often with folks, which is it's not just what you know, right? So everyone assumes, you know, contact information, name, address, city, state, zip, phone number, email address. Um, but what you can add to that and, and as a goal, small businesses should just be always looking out for what is a trend I can add that actually makes sense to my business. So the obvious ones are past buying habits, right? But what can you add to that? For instance, age, can you add, do they have children or not? And things that might be able to help you understand behavior of that group. Um, that's where I'd focus on it and not necessarily quote unquote big data, but just horizontal data that's growing in a way that makes sense for your business. Fantastic. I like that term horizontal data. It's, it's interesting. Right. Um, so often we think about as marketers and we're proud of we have a list of 100,000 people. But if it's 100,000 people, and you know nothing about them, that, that just doesn't work in today's world. Right. It's about growing that out and horizontally. What do we know and what can we append and how can it actually make an impact on my business? Otherwise, why the heck do you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so often people use data or want data just because they hear it's the thing to do. And do you have people coming to you for, uh, in, in that and talk about it and say, hey, I just want, I, I want a data-driven approach? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's why our clients work with us is, is because that's, that's where we go and we're, we're measuring everything. Uh, and it gets to before. It may not always be the perfect answer, but we're going to get to the perfect answer through the use of data. Now, uh, so how many of your clients come to you and say, I want a data-driven approach, but then don't have specific goals? Well, Luckily, uh, our clients, the folks that we tend to work with, have goals. I mean, that's for us when we're actually working with them as part of the process before they'd ever become a client. Those those goals are are identified. So, um, you know, if, if the goals don't exist, that's it's, it's probably not the right fit or the, it, they, they probably just haven't learned enough about their, their marketplace. Now, the goals that they have identified, which is an interesting spin on the question you asked, may not be the goals that should apply, may not be the metric or the measurement for their business, but that's a truth that we get to together as a collaborative approach. But um, certainly goals are always you know, outlined at the beginning. Oh, yeah. So that's an interesting point you make. You know, is it the right goal for your business? Because people just go, you know, when they do set goals, a lot of times they're not specific. You know, they're not the smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, um, et cetera. But also, you know, is it the right goal? And can you explain to me how that journey happens and, and maybe an example of where you end up? Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite for us, there are two simple questions that we ask. And the, the questions, while they're simple, lead down a rabbit hole. And, and I'll give them to you and, and you'll see where we could go with that. You know, number one would be, what are those goals? Number two is, why does it matter to your business? And what you need to have happen there is you need to look at what is going on, them at the marketplace, and then question number two, why does it matter to your business? If they in the marketplace aren't aligned with why does it matter to your business, chances are that's not the right goal, right? It's, 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 it's just a matter of alignment. Mm, yes. And, and, you know, it, it, that's so important. And a lot of people get that wrong. And a lot of people aren't lucky enough to talk to you. 
And, well, uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's internal, you know, because so often it can be, you know, departmental goals, personal goals, how they see, you know, the vision. But as a group, you come into making sure that that question number two is in alignment with them in the marketplace and their journey. If that's in alignment, chances are that's, you know, it's not always 100%. But when that's in alignment, that's certainly a good starting point. Awesome. Awesome. So, Scott, uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here. And, I, you know, if there's one piece of advice that you can give people in 2017 about using data to improve their marketing, especially like the big businesses, what what would you say to them? Just yeah, start so doing I, it. <laughs> yeah, well, start doing it. Certainly, uh, I would say that it's a two two part. One is uh, I think surveying is is often underutilized, right? So we talk about what we can append about our clients and why they why they do do business with us. Um, in in any business, I find that surveying is still an underutilized component, which is really really interesting. Um, it oftentimes will give you some insights and. When it is used, sometimes it just gets way too long tail because, hey, the sky's the limit, right? So I would say smart surveying should be one goal. And then goal number two would just be horizontal database growth, right? So on a quarterly basis, say, you know, what trends do we think that we can add that, again, getting back to number question number two, make a meaningful impact to my business and, and where I am in the marketplace. And so I think those two things would, would uh, be two suggestions I'd make to your audience. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Scott – Thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. It's been phenomenal. It's been uh, tech and geeky, which I like. <laughs> I know I try to keep it high level without getting too specific, but um, it, it, it's. I think data is phenomenal. It's fun, and uh, numbers are fun. And then you combine it with the the psychology of it, and it, it's a really interesting thing. Um, it, so much information. What's the best way for someone to get more information? Sure. So, so, so the, the easiest way would just be to go to pedalia.com slash garlic, which is a special landing page that we've created for uh, listeners of this podcast. And, and from there, you can get my contact info, a, a quick overview of what we've chatted about today and, and learn more. Um, but uh, so, yeah, pedalia, P-I-D-A-L-I-A.com slash garlic um, is, is the best way. And all my contact info will be there as long as a quick overview and some of the thoughts about what we chatted about today. And, uh, as we wrap up, Ian, just thank you so much for, uh, for having to me. It's, it's been a blast on my side as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you have an awesome day and thank you, Scott, so much folks, make sure to check out Pedalia and follow their blog and, and see what's going on with data. I think it can help. I know it can help every business because there's so, so often our intuition can be improved by data. Um, Scott, you have a wonderful day and thank you all for listening to the garlic marketing show. This has been Ian garlic and I'll talk to you soon. That's it for the garlic marketing show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 